In the book, Christian Experience and Teachings of Ellen G. White, page 241, paragraph 1 and 2, it says, quote, The scriptures foretell a great apostasy, which even in the days of the apostles had begun to manifest itself among certain brethren in the church, and which finally was developed into a falling away and the revelation of the man of sin, the son of perdition, of whom Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. In fulfillment of these predictions, it is a matter of historic record that following the death of the last of the apostles of Jesus, some members of the Christian church began tomorrow to depart from the simplicity of the truth as taught by Jesus. And gradually, these church members were led to unite with the world in heathen practices. End quote. Bible prophecy is being fulfilled because we are witnessing the great falling away in the Seventh-day Adventist church and in the world. Many of the SDA conferences have adopted heathen practices. It's very disturbing to watch. Many of the Seventh-day Adventist general conference leaders, like Mark Finley, Ganun Diop, and Ted Wilson, and many others, drunk from the Pope's wine, leading people straight to destruction. Many of the SDA universities, like Andrews, Loma Linda, Walla Walla, Southwestern, are following the dark path of hell. But pause that. What are many of the SDA leaders promoting? Answer. Apostasy. Number one. False peace and safety. That's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. And Revelation chapter 6, verse 4. Number two. Human tradition over scripture. Daniel chapter 4, verse 30. And Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 through 8. And finally, number three. Blasphemy. That's in John chapter 10, verse 30 through 33. And Mark chapter 2, verse 5 through 7. The Lord raised up the Seventh-day Adventist movement to defend and challenge our position who threaten our civil and religious liberties. As the apostate SDA leadership continue to fall away from the truth to shake hands with Rome, our loving Savior will have a faithful few who will stand for religious freedom as we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. The Bible says in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 13, it says, The remnant of Israel shall do no iniquity, nor speak lies, neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Praise the Lord. Today's episode, The Culture Inspired by Faith, Hope, and Love, is going to wage war against the Seventh-day Adventist leadership who are feeding the flock with the hot iron gospel. We are going to break this up into four segments, exposing the false gospel practices that are taking place among the Seventh-day Adventist leadership, universities, and churches. The agenda for this episode is simply this. Number one, false peace and safety. Number two, women's ordination. Number three, wonderful and miraculous vaccine and employee mandates. And number four, current events with exercising faith in Jesus. Give me a quick moment and I'll be right back. There is a battle that stands in the front of every man and woman on earth. Not a physical battle, but a spiritual war. The COVID-19 health crisis and its mandates and its policies are signs that we are close to the enforcement of the mark of the beast. 
the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 7. And let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. As our world gets darker, we must do what must be done in serving the Lord in righteousness. Welcome back. In a previous episode, we exposed who Joe Biden is working for. We also shared some verses on how to deal with adversities. So please, if you have time, please check out the episode titled, Who is Joe Biden Working For? For additional content on this topic. Now let's begin segment number one. False peace, safety, and unity. Let's go. Great Controversy, 1888, page 387, paragraph 3, it says, The spirit of worldly conformity is invading the churches throughout Christendom. They are called to suffer with Christ, but they shrink from even reproach. Apostasy, apostasy, apostasy is engraving on the very front of every church. And did they know it? And did they feel it? There might be hope, but alas, they cry. We are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Dear listener, the Seventh-day Adventist leaders, the majority of them are not living up to the standards that God has called us to know and practice. Listen to Ganun Diop as he promotes a false peace and safety. Listen. Every religion believes, or people of different religions believe that they have absolute truth. But that is okay. Hindus, they, they call their religion Sanatana Dharma, the everlasting religion. They think that the problems of humanity are solved by adopting the path called yoga in Hinduism. Mr. Diop is a prominent Seventh-day Adventist leader and it's very appalling to hear him link other religions to absolute truth. But let him continue. But they have the right to believe that. If you listen to Christians, also they have this fundamental conviction that they have the truth. You listen to Muslims, the same. And that is okay. People are entitled to claim to absolute truth. As Seventh-day Adventist Christians, we know that we have absolute truth. As Seventh-day Adventist Christians, we know that Jesus is the only way to the Father, that Jesus is the only truth, and the only way to receive eternal life. God did not send Jesus to destroy other false religions. He came to reveal the only true religion, to give humanity a choice between absolute truth or pagan heathen practices. So Hindus believe that yoga is a solution to solving humanity's problems, but that is far from the truth. Yoga is connected to worshiping nature and not the creator. So what Ganun Diop is promoting does not fall in line with scripture. How can Bible-believing Christians share values with Hindus, Muslims, Babylon, and other religions. The Bible says, 
in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Dear listener, Mr. Ganun Diop is in deep apostasy. Let him finish his point on peaceful coexistence. So religious freedom help us to learn how to live together peacefully. And that is what is called peaceful coexistence. This is a peace that leads straight to destruction. This is a peace that many are currently following with COVID-19. When they say, oh, if I get vaccinated, life will be back to normal. But is that so? Mr. Diop is calling for peace and unity, peaceful coexistence among all religions. Question, does the Bible teach that God's children in Christ Jesus ought to unite with the heathen under a peace and safety movement? God forbid. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what have fellowship with righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? The Bible says, Do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Deuteronomy 22, verse 10. Friends, we are called to be the head and not the tail. Wake up, brothers and sisters, and come out of these hot iron local churches. Can you see that the world is uniting under a false peace and safety? Everyone from the White House to lawmakers to merchants to the pharmaceutical companies and more, they are all on board with this satanic agenda that is coming under climate change. Many believe that this vaccine will give them peace. Peace, for many, may be defined as going back to so-called normal, while safety can be defined as being protected or healed from COVID-19 and its variants. But this is far from the truth. The COVID-19 vaccine only prepares the mind to accept the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is under climate change. Climate change is the crisis that leads to the mark. The world will unite under a false peace and safety, saying that Sunday enforcement by law, the mark of the beast, is good for your health, and many will accept it for their peace and their safety. But what do the Bible say? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. Friends, we do not have to be destroyed if we come to Christ, repent, and believe in the gospel, and by God's grace, by faith, conform our lives to its precepts by the Holy Spirit. Segment number two, titled Women's Ordination. Let's go. As abominations increase from the top in the Seventh-day Adventist church, abominations are sure. Listen to this clip. The process of ordination is a process that the church goes through to validate 
that God has laid his hands on a man or woman. Wait, God did not lay hands on a woman to be a pastor. The Bible teaches in Mark chapter 3, verse 14, And he ordained twelve, that they might be with him, that he might send them forth to preach. Who are the twelve that was ordained by Jesus? to preach. Verse number 16 and 19 is very clear. It was Simon Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Nathaniel, Matthew, Thomas, James, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas. Jesus, my friends, ordained 12 men as pastors. The role of a pastor is only reserved for a man. But let him continue. We participate in the historical event of ordination for both man and woman. The gospel was designed to restore God's intentional desire for equality and today through the gospel we participate in this process of setting men and women aside for gospel ministry God bless you Notice what he said about the so-called God's international desire for equality. It is not God's will for us to set aside what God says. It is God's will for us to conform our lives to what he says. This pastor says that he is participating in setting aside man and woman for ministry, which means he's making them equal. Friends, this is a hot iron gospel. He's making it okay for women to have authority over men in the church. The position of an ordained pastor or ordained minister is the highest position in the church. Listen as he shares the glory of this title with the ordainee, Miss Regina Johnson. Listen. Good evening. It is my pleasure to welcome you into what has traditionally been said to be the brotherhood of ordained ministry. Now I must say the brotherhood and the sisterhood. I don't know if you understand that in the Adventist church, the highest level is the ordained minister. Nothing else is higher. In the book, Signs of the Times, 1878, it says, quote, A woman may pray, prophesy, exhort, and comfort the church, but she cannot occupy the position of a pastor or ruling elder, end quote. Again, what do the Bible say about the gender of a bishop? Are they a male or a female? The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 2, it says, If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desireth a good thing. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, and to teach.
because it says a man, if a man desireth, making it clear that the role of a bishop, elder, or pastor is reserved for a man. President Cox of the Allegheny West Conference, we are calling you to repentance. Segment number three, vaccine super healing power. Let's go. There are many people all over the United States who believe that the COVID-19 vaccine will solve all their problems. But is that so? Please listen to Mr. John Bowman at Advent Health. He calls the vaccine wonderful. He calls the vaccine miraculous. Listen. Hello, I'm John Bowman, medical officer for Adventist Health here in Tillamook. Over the last two to three weeks, I've become increasingly concerned that this wonderful vaccine that's been created so miraculously is not going to be used. Let me tell you who was wonderful. His name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Mr. John Bowman of Advent Health, what happened to our health message? Please wake up, my brother, and come out of Babylon. Friends, many in the SDA leadership are deceived. This vaccine is designed to keep you and me away from the true God. Question, what was one of the many ways Jesus proved to the world who he was? Answer, it was his miracles. Our Lord Jesus had miraculous power to heal the sick. The Bible is very clear in John chapter 6, verse 2. It says, And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Jesus is our wonderful, miraculous healer and creator. Why do we need a vaccine? Why are Christians running to a vaccine? Where is your faith? Dear listener, breaking news. According to Fulcrum 7, on November 17th, 2021, the headline says, quote, Kentucky, Tennessee Conference prepares to support the Biden vaccine mandates, end quote. Yes, you heard that correctly. The SDA leadership planned to enforce the vaccine on their staff. Where is Ted Wilson, the president of the General Conference? Where is Mark Finley? Oh, but Mark Finley stated that we're selfish if we don't get vaccinated. Listen. I think the last thing I'd want to say about this whole subject is when you think about whether you should get the vaccine or you shouldn't, as we mentioned, that's a very personal choice. But I think if one thinks only of themselves, that can be a selfish choice. Now back to the article. This article has a very urgent warning. It reads, I think all are aware of the possibility of an enforcement of a federal vaccination law that is presently scheduled to take effect January the 4th. The law will impact all companies and organizations which employ more than 100. The Kentucky-Tennessee Conference, as well as nearly all conferences in the United States, will meet that threshold. End quote. 
Again, I say, where is President Ted Wilson? Where is Mark Finley? Where is Ganun Diop? This is apostasy, my friends. Apostasy, apostasy. And we must stand up to the COVID-19 vaccine mandates and stand up to the apostasy that's going on in the churches. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 1, Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees and that right grievousness which they have prescribed. Woe unto the Seventh-day Adventist General Conference leadership who are following the health agenda of Satan with COVID-19 and come out of Rome's policies back into the arms of Jesus before it is too late. Final segment, current events in the world and how to exercise faith in Jesus. Let's go. As I explained in a previous episode, world leaders went to Cap 26 to frame climate change to health. Listen to this short clip as a woman was diagnosed with climate change. Listen. We now turn to one of the day's most interesting headlines. A woman in Canada has been diagnosed with climate change. You heard that right. Diagnosed with climate change. She had a problem. She went to an emergency room. A doctor attended to her and then wrote climate change on the diagnosis slip. But climate change is not only connected to health, it's also connected to religion. According to Yahoo News, on November 18th, 2021, the headline says, quote, This is God's creation. Pelosi invokes religion to climate change after UN summit. End quote. Question What religion is Nancy Pelosi? She is a Roman Catholic. What must happen before Sunday is enforced as the law of the land to combat climate change? Friends, there must be a one-world religion. Listen to Mr. Michael Flynn. Listen. And, he's and they're talking about the United States of America. Talking about the United States of America, because when Matthew mentioned it in the Bible, he wasn't talking about the physical ground that he was on. He was talking about something in the distance. So if we are going to have one nation under God, which we must, we have to have one religion, one one. One nation under God and one religion under God, right? All of us together, working together. Dear listener, everything that is happening in our world today was prophesied in the book, Great Controversy. Jesus told us, I tell you before it come, that when it come to pass, ye might believe that I am he. Friends, one of the many things that separate Jesus from these so-called gods is prophecy. As the final events take place in our world, let's exercise faith in Jesus by doing the following. Number one, repent. We must see our spiritual poverty, which sin brings to the soul. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come, from the presence of the Lord. But keep in mind that Bible repentance must come from God. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. We must ask God for repentance. 
so that we may be repented of. Number two, believe. The Lord Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Friends, we must believe that Jesus is our creator who created the body of man and the redeemer who redeemed the soul of man from sin. Do you believe that Jesus has given us his spirit? Do you believe that God can live in us? Yes, because God lives in us by the spirit. When we live by the spirit, our hate turns to love. Our war turns to peace. Our roughness turns to gentleness. Our complaining turns to long-suffering. Our lies turn to truth. Brothers and sisters, we take off sin and put on the Spirit of God. This is only done by faith. Number three is faith. Every Christian must live by the righteousness that's found through the Spirit, by faith. Righteousness is simply right doing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, We walk by faith, not by sight. In verse 8, it teaches us it's better to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Dear listener, as men of this world have their portion in this life, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I walk with thy likeness. That's Psalms chapter 17, verse 15. And always remember, faith, hope, and love is forever. And the greatest of these is love. Until we meet again, by God's grace, God bless.